Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. And he did it again. <laughs> yes. Anything to get you laughing right before we go live. I think I timed it where the countdown was to two, which is as close as I've gotten. You know, someday you're going to end up making the faces and you're going to be coming on the live stream doing that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> and the way Restream renders this stuff for after the fact, that will probably be the way my face is on the page of LinkedIn when people go to their feed more than likely. That will be incredibly impressive. That's for sure. That so um, let's start out, Jeff. Good to be with you today. Yes. And let's invite anybody who's with us. We actually had a lot of people who signed up for today's live stream. So now whether they can make it live or whether they watch it later, who knows. But um, if you are here with us live, please let us know by saying hey in the chat. And if we are saying something and you have a question or um, some feedback on what we're saying, we're more than interested to hear what you have to say especially because our topic today <clears throat> is really interesting and something that a lot of people generally don't think about. It's not in their purview. It's not in their frame of reference, it, but it's always going on whether they're thinking about it or not. So today we're gonna to talk about naming your emotions and why it's important and as I was saying, it's always going on. I was thinking, you know, breathing is something that's always going on, or at least we hope that it's going on because if it's not, you're in big trouble. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Yes, and we're, excuse me while I just go off on a side topic. Um, I've never done that before. But emotions are always going on too. You're, you are, hello, Bonnie, so glad you're with us. Bonnie James, oh my goodness, I haven't talked to you in forever, and I am so excited that you're here with us to talk about emotions and why naming your emotions are important. So naming your emotions is important because when you name them, you know what's going on with them. So Jeff, if you will um, allow me the privilege right now, um, I'd like to just do a little bit of defining of terms because a lot of times we talk about feelings and emotions as being the same thing but they're not and what's there are just so many interesting um threads that have to do with this so your emotions are actually raw data it's your brain and your body giving you information in your mind to, to process about what's going on. So um, say you see something, okay, we have a cat. And sometimes our cat does what cats do and gets a bird. Now, this is a problem because we used to feed the birds at our house. And then we realized, no, all we're doing is you know, saying, 
here, birdie, 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 so the cat could get them. <laughs> that, that really is not a good idea. So we don't feed the birds anymore as much as we would love to. If we're going to have a cat, we can't feed the birds. <clears throat> but we would occasionally walk into the barn and find that the cat had gotten a bird and there were leftovers in the barn. And that would cause the emotion of disgust because it was not something that we really wanted to see. <laughs> disgust, and then my husband would experience frustration and anger because, geez, Louise, I gotta clean this crap up again. <laughs> so yeah, there's so that is disgust is the emotion. And then you think, and then you experience feelings. And the feelings were frustration. Oh, frustration can also be an emotion. But if you've already thought, and there's a story, that's when the feeling side of it comes in. Make sense? That does. And that's well defined. I never knew those were two separate things. I just probably like everyone, use them interchangeably. Yes, that's absolutely true. And it's something that I found when I was doing research around this, that there is a lot of using the terms interchangeably, but when you stop to understand it better and you get into the research, you understand they're two different things. Emotions are immediate. There's no processing involved with it, except the processing of you see something and you have an immediate response to it. See something, experience something is a better way to phrase it. So is that almost like your, your body's natural fight or flight response to yes. something that then goes from emotion to feeling is what we're kind of talking about. Exactly. Exactly. That, that is absolutely how it works. Um, and I was thinking about it, anybody who has been around um, Central Ohio for five to seven years has heard the expression, because you couldn't get by with not hearing it, of E plus R equals O. Now, E plus R equals O is a big um, expression. It's a formula in the um, coaching and therapy world, but it was used around the football team at Ohio State. And so we heard E plus R equals O if you were a football fan for several years. Mm -hmm. That stands for event plus response equals outcome. Well, the event is what is it that is happening? And we're going to talk about that next week because we're talking about getting curious about what's causing the emotion to happen, emotional response to happen. But the event precipitates an emotion. And then you think about the R, which is your response to that emotion, which you have choice in the response if you're being intentional about it. And this is stuff we're going to talk about later in the process yeah. um, this month. But knowing the emotion you're feeling in the beginning is really important to seeing how this goes down the line with the whole thing. So um, that 
is where we're spending our time today. And there are seven primary emotions. Um, there's actually, I'm going to show you a picture of it. God forbid that I would actually like be really on it and actually put this up on the screen. But you can see this is a wheel. And in the center, there are um, a small number of things. There's actually seven because that re represents the primary emotions. And the primary emotions are happy, sad, disgusted, you know, like when the cat goes after the bird, angry, fearful, bad. I find bad to be an interesting yeah. primary emotion. That's just one like, can we not get a better word for that? Is nice one too? No! <laughs> Sorry, Bonnie, you don't understand. There's a long history on the word nice. <laughs> and Jeff is poking me with a sharp stick. Hey, yep. Yeah, exactly. And the last one is surprised. So from those seven primary emotions, then we can get more specific. So let's use the one word disgusted right this minute. We're going to talk about another situation in a minute, but let's use disgusted because, well, we've got a story about disgusted right now. So if we break down the word disgusted and get even more specific about the emotion we're feeling under disgusted it can be disapproving it can be disappointed it can be awful or it could be repelled now i could argue that when you find the bird remains you could experience disapproving or awful but what i usually find I experience when I come across that is the word repelled. Seriously, I really don't want to deal with this. I am repelled by what I just saw. Okay? Not surprisingly. I mean, who wants to see that kind of thing? <clears throat> um, and then you can break it down even further to judgmental. So disapproving would go to judgmental or humiliated. Um, disappointed could be appalled or revolted. I guess maybe I could even be in the disappointed category and be revolted by what I find. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, awful could be nauseated. And, and isn't that interesting? Because nauseated is a physical sensation. You know, detestable is another one for awful. And repelled is horrified or hesitant. So as you can see, we have the disgusted category and it breaks down and then it breaks down even further. And the more exacting you can be in naming your emotions, the more you can understand and the more others can understand where you're coming from. So um, it's, it's really valuable to be able to not only name them for yourself, but also to name them so that you can communicate this to another person and they can understand where you're coming from and finding solutions becomes much easier or interacting becomes much easier when you can tell people what is the emotion you're feeling. Not only that, but when we were talking about the fact that you get to the thoughts and feelings part and the response part, 
if you know exactly what you're feeling, it's going to be so much easier to figure out how do I want to think about this? What is the story I'm going to tell myself about this? And is that really what's going on? Because if I said I was disgusted because I find the leftovers of the bird and then I say that I'm humiliated by it, why would I be humiliated because I'm disgusted that the bird left something there? I really had nothing to do with that. Well, except when I was feeding the birds. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Oh, so the, the murder of the bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor bird. What did he ever do to deserve this? I'm sorry. That's just... Closer to the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that anyway. So that kind of that gives you an idea of why getting more and more clear about what the emotion is can really help you with the story you're telling and in the and just for the record so there could have been an emotion with what just happened between the two of us i mean you can be yawning because you had a really bad night's sleep or you can be yawning because it's like Rhonda, this is the most boring and stupid thing i've ever heard <laughs> Not a good night of sleep, I would say. I I was making that call. Of that, I was going to say judgment, but it's not a judgment. It's the story I was telling myself was not, oh my God, Rhonda, you were so boring. It was clearly Jeff didn't sleep well last night. And you know what? I'll be honest. This gray skies and rain isn't helping that fact either today. I, I understand that feeling very well. Fortunately for me, I was not in the lack of sleep category last night, but there were a few days recently where that was the case. And I'm just like, oh, please. Nice. So, you know, that is an emotional response also to our surroundings and to um, maybe what we're doing because I got to do some stuff. And I'm not saying that, that being on the live stream is this, but I got to do some stuff that I'm really not looking forward Let's go back to what Rhonda talks about all the time. I got to do some things that really don't energize me. And I didn't get a good night's sleep. And the weather stinks. And I am not motivated when I look out the window. And so here I am. Yeah. And that's when bad might come into the picture. <laughs> yes, that, that could be where that comes in. You know, there was a, I think... Was it in 2015? Was it a Pixar movie um, I don't know. about emotions? Uh, was it WALL-E? That wasn't about emotions, was it? Inside Out. Oh, okay. Uh, vaguely, but that, that would be because it would have been my grandchildren watching it and your children were watching it, so I probably never watched that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was actually a really, really good um, That's interesting. movie on just emotions and and that really well done it might be a good one to to watch uh, yeah that's an interesting idea i like that we'll uh it was we'll either pixar or disney one of the two okay um, well we'll look that up and we'll put it in the comments after we're done today um and then we will also um i want to tell people and we'll tell them again this this uh, wheel 
if people go to rondapeterson.com slash emotion, you can get a copy of this wheel. So people will have that resource available to them. That's perfect. Yeah, it's it's really it really is a valuable way to look at it. And I find it really humorous because I'm using um, a resource from the real life process, which is a which is a um, system that I use in coaching. And I'm going to have to have a conversation with them because they titled it the real life process feelings chart. And it really should be emotions. Charts. Yeah. But, you know, we'll have to have that conversation with them. Um, another resource from that standpoint that I wanted to share is from one of my favorite people, Bernie Brown, who, as you can see, by all the stuff sticking out the side, there's a whole lot of things that I got marked in here. But this book from Brene Brown, Atlas of the Heart, is a fabulous resource. Um, she calls it Mapping Meaningful Connection and the Language of Human Experience because our emotions and our feelings are all related to how we interact with other people and how we experience relationship. Our emotions and our feelings are all related to how we relate to the world around us and the people around us. So it's really important to understand that. And um, as we were starting our conversation before we came live, Jeff, we, um, we're talking a little bit about the fact that I went to my grandson's basketball game this weekend and um, haven't been to one for a little while. And there were six boys that made it. This is a, this is a fourth grade AAU team. Okay. So there were six boys that made it for the game this weekend and they were playing a team from another part of the central Ohio area. And that team had eight boys who had made it. And we were sitting, my husband and I were sitting with the grandpa on the other side of the family. And sitting around us were many parents and grandparents from the other team, which always makes life really interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was a really close game. Now, it was incredibly humorous to listen to everybody around us. Um, and I've been a very verbal parent in the stands when my son was playing basketball. I, I will own that. It's much easier when you're a grandparent. Not that I don't cheer, but I'm not as mouthy. <laughs> really? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> um. But listening to the parents around us yelling at the kids on the court what to do was real interesting because you're not the coach. Zip it from that standpoint. And watching my grandson, because, you know, I mean, I'm there to watch the team. I know a lot of the boys. I cheer for everybody. And, you know, Nolan and Mikey and... Brady and whatever that all the boys on the team, but I'm watching my grandson and he was playing defense and was 
trying to steal the ball at one point and he and the boy that they're running down the court at the same time and their feet get tangled up and the the kid goes down my grandson goes on top of him and he just loses his mind and the tears start to flow because he's frustrated because he's trying to do his best to get the and this was a defensive oh my goodness a defensive battle of the highest order it was it was very defensive it was very it was a very physical game and the refs were letting them play fourth graders made life more interesting oh. yeah so anyway so the grandson and the kid go down my grandson he's fighting the tears, but they're coming and they're just like exploding on the face, right? And his face is getting red and he's extremely frustrated. And so he's frustrated, he's humiliated, he's horrified that this has happened to him. And he, I mean, the number of emotions that kid had to be experiencing was exponential. And that's one of the things that once you can name your emotions to tease them apart and be able to figure out what are the different emotions that I'm feeling here that I'm experiencing and instead of using a word that like we're trying to tease all these things apart here. So what are the emotions that I'm experiencing? And that's part of teasing it apart helps you identify what are the emotions. And then what am I going to do with them? Am I going to take action on them with the frustration and being ticked at this kid because doggone it all, he tripped me and now I fell down. Of course, the fact that, you know, their feet were all in together had nothing to do with it. But nothing to do with it at all. No, but that's part of the whole thing about if you can identify the emotion, at least the primary emotions, and then be able to think in the moment and understand the feelings and what are the stories I'm telling myself about that? Are they true? And in the moment of that game, you have to be able, you know, speaking of E plus R equals O, you have to be able to say, okay, we went down. We were, we were both tr trying hard for the ball. We went down. Now I'm going to get up and I'm going to move on to the next thing. And then later in the game, I'm not, I'm really not sure if we tell this from the standpoint of the emotions of the Nana in the stands or the kids on the floor, but they went to overtime and my grandson was the one who made the basket that we went to overtime. Yeah. That was really quiet compared to what I was like, just for the record. <laughs> I'm saying, I hope that seemed very muted uh, <laughs> given the circumstance of overtime basket for the win. Yeah, um, I was not prejudiced nor proud in the moment, just for the record. Okay, I was. So we go to overtime and the kids are fighting and scrapping for the ball and want to make the basket and, you know, they're, they're, running their plays they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and it is tied up again at the oh, end wow. of overtime yeah i mean to be honest with you there was a game 
with one of our big rivals when my son was in high school. And that was a lot of years ago. I can still remember the triple overtime, the intensity in my body. I'm not on the floor. I'm watching, but I'm watching my boy out there playing ball. And it was stupid intense, incredibly intense. And so anyway, so we were in this game. Remember, we've got fans from the other team sitting around us. And I'm trying to behave myself, but I'm also listening to what they're saying, <laughs> which is an interesting experience in and of itself. Oh, yes. <laughs> and because it is amazing how intense you can be about a fourth grade. Youth sports. Yeah. In yes. general. Yep. Sad but true. It's just crazy. What are we going to do when they're in high school? God help us. Um, so we go to the second overtime, which is sudden death. First of all, mom's doing the clock, not me, mom. My daughter, who is the mom of the boy who's playing ball, is running the clock and the clock doesn't start. Well, that's the clue that it's sudden death, but not everybody knew that. So it's like, start the clock. <laughs> All the emotion around that. Yeah. Because people don't know. And then our team makes the basket. Yeah. Excitement, awesome. incredible, just, you know, overwhelming happiness. And the kids are all excited. The parents are all excited. And the emotions that are there are just overwhelming for our boys because we won and the other team crestfallen crushed yeah. because let me tell you something both of those teams played really hard oh yeah especially oh double overtime and a fourth grade game that's yeah. I mean, it was crazy. So if you think about the fact that there's that much emotion surging in a fourth grade basketball game, imagine when we're at work and we're trying to accomplish a project because or get something out the door for our customer or negotiate with a vendor or lead a team meeting there's tons of emotions that are going on in this situation yeah. and you can get into quite the tangle if you don't recognize the emotions that are going on as i've said probably twenty-seven thousand times so far twenty thousand twenty-seven thousand and one go ahead <laughs> do you have little hash marks jeff <laughs> I just made the next hash mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, where the heck was I going? It's the, it's the emotions that people don't know how to identify. Because people, the majority of people know three emotions. 
happy, sad, and mad. That's all they can say. And we got um, Gary Monty that says, I'm reminded of honest expression of emotions within the framework of principles that apply. Yeah, boy, you got this right, Gary. Um, Honest expression of emotions within a framework of principles that apply versus emotionality where emotions override healthy behavior, treating people as others versus being, hey, we're on the team together. We're trying to accomplish the same thing. It's not us versus them. We're going in the same direction, doing the same thing. So if you know what your emotions are and then you can take that and think through what your response is going to be framing your emotions into thoughts and feelings to get us to the outcome we want that's where we want to be and that's why naming your emotions is so important being able to i hate using the word label but being able to put a word to the emotion you are experiencing. Thanks, Gary. I'm glad that I said that the right way for you. <laughs> you gave you a thumbs up. I did. I, I'll take a thumbs up all day, any day. So it's that's why it's so important to understand this and to understand. I love the way Gary said this honest expression of emotions within the framework of principles that apply. So on the basketball court, there's a framework of principles for how we interact with the people on the other team. There's sportsmanship, which is a pretty important thing. And as a fourth grader, you're learning how to express sportsmanship. And you wanna win, you wanna achieve the goal of being the team that comes out on top. But you do that within a framework of sportsmanship and we have rules. And while the refs may be letting us play, we're not doing things that are going to be destructive. Yeah, sportsmanship is a framework. We're not going to be doing things that cheat. We're not holding the jersey of the guy on the other team. Not that my son had that happen to him in any ball games when he was a kid. Yeah, that's a story. Um, but those are the things that are important. And as adults, when we're in that situation where we're coaching, I know you coach your son's lacrosse team. We're setting an example with how we, with how we manage our emotions as people who are leaders in our business or our organization, how we manage our emotions sets an example and sets the culture for our team. We're going to talk about that later in the month too. So, Yeah, it's, you know, this stuff is important. And I think so oftentimes people think of it as squishy or, it, you know, we talked about this last week, but it is yeah. really important and it can make or break your working relationships with people that work for you in your business. That is so true. People that work for you, people that work with you, you know, your vendors have a choice for whether they want to supply you or not. Your yep. customers have a choice for whether they want to be your customers or not. Your team has a choice of whether they want to work for you or somebody else. Yeah. So being able to be emotionally intelligent and understand 
what your emotions are is really valuable. You don't have to be sharing every single emotion you experience with your team, but you need to understand what that's doing and how that's affecting you. Let's start there. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about getting curious about what's precipitating your emotion. When you experience that emotion, where's it coming from? Because that's part of the story that's really important for you too. So that'll be interesting. That'll be a good topic. I'm, I'm sure there are a few stories that have to do with that. That ought to be really interesting. So one last time, letting people know, if you go to rondapeterson.com slash emotion, you will be able to get the real life process feelings chart that really should be called the emotions chart. But you'll be able to get that. Okay? It's been great being with you today. Thank you to Bonnie and Gary. Oh, boy. Gary, one last comment. Gary says, my son learned about this in martial arts. Young kids were allowing, were allowed one head hit, assuming they lacked the necessary control. Ooh. So one sensei taught his kids to get in one solid head hit so that they would win. Our sensei pulled out of the tournament due to lack of sportsmanship. Gary, that is an incredible story. And bravo for your sensei to say, you know what? This is not how it works. We're leaving. Yeah, we're because out. Because sometimes that's the only way to get the message across. Yeah. So that is a that is a really, really critical point around emotions and around what sportsmanship means because man we're talking about kids here and the only way they learn is by the example set around them yeah excuse me for getting on the soapbox on that one but yeah important stuff thanks gary always good to have you with us yeah good point bonnie that is a wow but the biggest wow is this person who thought that it was a good idea to teach those young kids that the way you get it in is to do it now. Mm -mm. That's not how it works. Not all about winning. No. In youth sports. No. <clears throat> My gosh, there are much bigger things we should be teaching these kids. Uh, do we like to win? Well, of course. Of course we like to win. And should we know you know, how many points both teams have? Yeah, because let's face it. If you don't have it up on the scoreboard, there are plenty of people who are keeping the score. Anyway, let's just tell the truth. Yeah. So, because the kids themselves will be keeping the score. Oh, they know. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, it's been great being with you today. We look forward to you joining us next week to think about getting curious about what's precipitating the emotions we're experiencing. Jeff, have a great week. You too. Okay. See you next Monday. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you want more resources similar to this, follow our LinkedIn company page. Just search for Inflection Point Hub on LinkedIn and follow us there.